I'm Haley Oaks, and this is Milk Trails. A journey in the out-of-hospital birth experience. Morgan Campbell, a postpartum doula, grew up hearing the tales of her and her siblings' out-of-hospital birth stories. For her own birthing experience, she believed home was where she would feel safest to be her most primal and vulnerable self. And primal she got. She made loud and visceral vocalizations during every contraction. Her sounds even attracted a neighborhood skunk who walked in the house as Morgan was close to pushing out her baby. Welcome, Morgan. Hello. So it sounds like your mom's birth experience has made quite an impact on you, not only on your work as a postpartum doula, but on your own birthing experience. I would say it made a huge, probably the biggest impact of my birthing experience. Um, I, I guess from a young age, I, I always knew about her stories, and I think it helped shape my idea of what a birth should be um, and how we view our power as women with birth, labor, and postpartum. Um, I just got lost. Where, well, where, first of all, where did you grow up? Like, where, where did your mom have home births and these births in hospital? We grew up in a small town in Ohio called Delaware. Okay. Everyone really says, like, where? Delaware? (laughs) And... They had a huge, I mean, it was the 70s and the 80s, so my parents had a huge community and village of friends that my mom was the first of their friends to give birth, and they still to this day talk about how she was like the matriarch and Mm. kind of shaped what they all wanted um, or how they would mother. And um, the hospital that I was born in was called Grady, but my mother was very adamant about what she wanted. Mm-hmm. She went in and she said, okay, uh, I'm going to give birth. I'm going to be out in 24 hours. Please don't ask me for anything. I don't want anything. You were her third. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so after the two home births, she the two home births with my brothers were with a friend of theirs who was a doctor. Uh, but he was, he was there just to make sure everything went okay. And... The hospital she had us um all four of us were nine pounds eight ounces to ten and a half <laughs> my mom's really small too so she's like five three wow um she had my re- my little brother and i at the hospital and she was out within 10 to 20 hours she said mm-hmm. and I, everything went well i mean she knew what she wanted and think she just trusted and back then they didn't have all all of these tests that they do now so Mm -hmm. even when I asked her like mom what do you think about this she'd be like I think go with what your heart tells you but Mm. we didn't have those um she never received an ultrasound for all four of us so wow she said she just kind of surrendered and felt that it would go go peacefully and Mm -hmm. it did do you think this, I mean, I think cause a lot of a lot of first time moms plan a hospital birth for all the like what ifs, mm-hmm. you know. And do you think having this mindset that your mom had and passed down to you of like go with your heart, go with your gut, um, influenced you to 
just trust your body and trust your baby and perhaps like if more women had moms <laughs> with birthing experiences that were positive and normal quote unquote um there would be more out of hospital births yeah i think there would be a lot more out of hospital births because society kind of shapes women and not just women but men as well like a lot of husbands fear mm-hmm. for out of hospital births so i think if we shifted the dynamic of how we speak about birth like of course it's scary i mean it's technically it's science like things can go wrong and really a baby is a miracle as well um but my mother never she never spoke negatively even when i told her i want to have a home birth she was like i think that's wonderful you're gonna you your your body's gonna tell you if something's wrong and if it is then then you have to go to the hospital and that's okay Mm. um i think women for whatever reason, we're a lot of women, and I think it's also kind of um, society's fault as well, but we're not in tune with our bodies. Like a lot of women don't even know how our menstrual cycles work mm-hmm. um, or anything about birth except the scary things, um, which if that's all you know, fear is a big, strong tool. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think positive birth stories are equally as strong. So if we could kind of eliminate the educate on the things that could go wrong but eliminate the fear tactics Mm -hmm. and push more on the power of how strong we are as women and that the likelihood of something going wrong isn't for a healthy low-risk mother is not is not that high Mm -hmm. um and i guess for me the hospital scenario was like I'm a young, healthy, empowered. I mean, I'm also privileged, so I understand that not everyone has the choice or availability to to become educated mm-hmm. on these things. Um, but I lost my train of thought. Well, just removing, <laughs> yeah, removing the fear tactics, and and you said you were like a low risk, healthy woman, so therefore, hospital didn't yeah. seem like it was the right. That's what I was gonna say. Hospital. To me, the way I associate it is you go to the hospital if you're sick, if you need medical attention. I I was giving birth. I didn't need medical attention. In the event that I did, I was grateful that I had the option. Um, but it was never a thought to go, oh, yeah, I want to go to the hospital. Because mm-hmm. I didn't, I'm also sensitive to energy, so I didn't want the energy of, so many sick people, mm-hmm. so many other people, doctors, and, and I'm not saying doctors are bad. Doctors are wonderful if you need them, but they have their view mm-hmm. of birth, and I didn't want anyone's opinion being pushed on me. Mm-hmm. So I, I was adamant about avoiding the mm-hmm. hospital. Did you hear, I'm sure you heard lots of birth stories from your postpartum clients about their birth experiences and would you say most of them were in a hospital setting or almost all of them i don't think i've had any actually i haven't had any clients that are out of hospital um i have no not even birth center actually wow all hospital births and did they did they tell you about their birth experiences did that play into how you could care for them 
Yeah, I'm everyone. I mean, I think as a doula or a postpartum doula, I have, you know, it's such as even if it goes well, it's still a sensitive topic to share mm-hmm. your birth story. Um, but every client has talked to me about their birth story, and some were traumatized, and mm-hmm. others felt really supported. Um, and and I don't. There's nothing wrong with a hospital birth. I mean, if that's what you feel is is the right choice for you, then that's wonderful. Well, mostly because you know you 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 know you were saying like you're so sensitive to the energies of. Um, the energy and like being in a hospital setting perhaps with all those sick people like would have influenced how you perceive your own experience going and I was just curious if like like hearing your postpartum clients birth stories affirmed what you probably already knew like about yeah I mean I definitely like even the stories that were positive still were not for me Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. I I had a really wonderful midwife. I think you know her, Sarah Howard. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I went to the doctor once during my pregnancy to get one ultrasound just to make sure. And he was nice, but also the thought of having male energy mm. uh, around me for some reason bothered me. I don't know why, because they're incredible male doctors. Uh I think it was just every story I heard, even even the ones that were good, I just felt like that. Yeah, that's not that's not for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm glad that they felt supported, and and obviously the ones that felt traumatized. It's always hard to hear those stories because mm-hmm. you always wish like I wish I could have been there to help or mm-hmm. somebody could have been there to help. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was. I don't think there was any story that anyone could have told me to scare me mm-hmm. to go to a hospital mm-hmm. um, or have influenced me. And I, I don't, throughout my pregnancy, in my home birth groups, a lot of women would say that <coughs> everyone they spoke to would tell them negative things. Mm. And... Um, I know we just met, but I'm a I'm a really outspoken person, so I don't think I ever welcomed mm. that energy. And I think I'm a I'm not a small person either. <laughs> so like my home birth group women would say, like, oh my god, my my aunt or a stranger or my mother or everybody's telling me all these things that I need to go to the hospital and my what I always tell friends that choose out of hospital birth, not necessarily ne- necessarily clients or anyone that I've spoke to, is it's okay to stand up for yourself. And if someone started a story negatively, I would say, does this story end positively? If it does, I would like to continue. If it doesn't, I, I'm not interested in you sharing your story. Mm. Thank you. Um, because I, I don't... I don't care. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm glad that that was your experience, but I don't need to hear it. Yeah. And I think a lot of women do use other moms to, you know, process and vent. And unfortunately, a lot of expectant moms, you know, to process their own traumas. Yeah. And it's 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 so not with the intent of, like, traumatizing someone else, but it's unpacking, and it's but it's just very inappropriate. Yeah. And what were the responses of, of moms when you would say, like, no, thank you? It wasn't 
It wasn't necessarily from moms. It was, uh. I, and it only happened once actually. Mm-hmm. Um, like no one ever, no one ever tried to touch me mm-hmm. when I was pregnant, and no one really ever tried to tell me, because I would normally be like, "Oh, I'm a doula. This is what I know." Nope. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> if it was a doula client who was telling me their stories, they never really, they never questioned my home birth. It was more them just kind of talking about their experience mm. and friends like um two friends before I gave birth three weeks and a week had the home birth went really well but they had to life flight the baby after and then another friend had a um post preeclampsia mm. so that I won't lie those two things they didn't change my mind but I was like oh gosh mm-hmm. you know like Things can go wrong, mm-hmm. but then I just kept saying to myself, "There's a hospital ten minutes away. Mm-hmm. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Like if something goes wrong, then you just go." Mm-hmm. Um, and it's their story, yeah. You know, and and I think that's a beautiful message to keep reiterating and passing on because this. I mean, granted, my whole. <laughs> what my blog was and what this podcast is, is, is birth stories, but it's less to do with, um, taking on other people's experiences, but more just keep normalizing, um, what has become so abnormal. Um, but yeah, I think especially with negative stories, it's important to like, remember that that's, that's, it's not you. Right. And it's a whole different thing. And I guess, yeah, with your own clients, that's obviously a different situation, in which they're sharing those things. Yeah. But um, you mentioned, you know, moms and husbands are nervous. Was your, how was your husband with with you wanting a, um, a home birth? He was fine. He yeah. was on board. He, yeah. He's a, he's always supportive. Of yeah. <laughs> also, I'm, I'm a strong personality to deal with, so he, he knew that there was not another option. Right. <laughs> um, but he was never, he supported me from the, he knew. Yeah. I mean, like when we met, I was like, okay, do you want kids? Yes. Okay, great. Um, <laughs> we're having a home birth whenever that happens. <laughs> and he was really wonderful. Mm. Um, I mean, between him, my mom and the midwives, it was, it was pretty amazing. And he, he came to pretty much every appointment, I mean, that he could make mm-hmm. um, with Sarah and yeah, I mean, I don't think I could have had a more supportive partner. And he, anytime I had doubts, more at the end, not necessarily doubts, but just like I think normal fears that we have. And my mom said that every woman mm-hmm. has. Um, he would always just say, babe, it's fine. You're okay. This is going to go fine. And just let yourself feel it and let it go. And and that helped. Wow. So wise. And did you guys do any, like, childbirth preparation classes together or anything? No. We just, I mean, I'm a very, I'm a really vocal person. Uh So we would talk. I would sometimes be like, okay, you need to read this. He never did, but that was okay. (laughs) More so because I think I just told him everything Mm -hmm. that he probably should have read. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) And, but also being a doula, I felt prepared. Mm -hmm. Um I mean, when it's your first, you can only think what 
it's going to be like you have no idea so that part is it, it's the unknown so mm-hmm. that's a, that can be a little bit scary um but yeah he he was always he was supportive for, through everything really amazing and how um and we'll talk about your mom and and him and how they were supportive when you're when you're talking about your birth experience but um how did you find Sarah? What was your what was that process like of finding a home birth midwife? Had you ever considered a birth center birth or so I had never considered a birth center or or um hospital. Uh-huh. But I I I didn't know any midwives because I am still fairly new to being a doula or like uh calling myself a doula. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I reached out to Graceful Birth and interviewed with them, and they were really wonderful. I, I met with Elizabeth and Jocelyn, and um, and it was great. I mean, there was nothing nothing wrong, but then I felt like, okay, I, I at the time, so I was still pretty early. It was like 10 or 12 weeks mm-hmm. when I had met with them. And then we had just gotten back from Europe, and I had to fly to New York for a, cl- a doula client. Mm. And... In that time, I was saying to Christian, like, my husband, maybe we should interview one more person, like, just just to get a feel. Mm-hmm. And I reached out to Erica Chitty-Cohen mm-hmm. at Loom, and she recommended Sarah. And I could not be happier. No. Because I just had a connection with Sarah that, that I... I, I don't know how to explain it. Like it wasn't. It was nothing. Nothing against graceful. Graceful was wonderful, and Elizabeth was very kind. But Sarah and I just connected in a way that I was like, "Oh, this is my person. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. this is who I want in my space." And uh, I guess it's kind of like one of those unspoken feelings. Mm-hmm. And we Facetimed with her because I was gone, so I wanted to try because she was, I think, saying Sarah kind of fills up quickly in her schedule, so. I was like, okay, babe, we got to FaceTime with her. Like, uh, and, and we did and, and decided to go with her. Wow. So thanks thanks to Erica. Yeah, that's and, amazing. Yeah. And the fact that you had that feeling over FaceTime, that, yeah. that's incredible. And so did you just start care right away once you got back from New York? Yeah, I think, I think like within that week or so, mm-hmm. or I, I don't, I actually don't fully remember. Mm-hmm. Sarah would be better at that. <laughs> um, yeah, I think we did. And did you meet here at your house, or did you meet at her office space? We above? went to her okay. space, yeah. right? Man, it's all kind of a blur. <laughs> I mean, it's been a little while. <laughs> I think she came here at one point. And maybe to do like a mom brain. Yeah, (laughs) that happens. That's okay. Um, So what do you feel like really helped prepare you for your birth experience, both mentally, emotionally, physically? Like, was there anything that you did that you knew about or you figured out on your own that you felt like, look, in hindsight, that probably was the thing that just helped a lot? Um, if I'm going to be completely honest, I think a big part of why I enjoyed it, one, is because of my mother 
and her story, but also because I, I, I personally, I believe this, but genes play a big factor, a big factor. And I would lie to say that I did all of these crazy things to like center for it. I won't. Okay. Mm-hmm. I did. I'm a very competitive person. So I knew that I wanted the opposite side of that. So the, my whole pregnancy, I watched like hippy dippy, like, um, and then the baby's out mm-hmm. because my natural personality, not as a doula, I feel I'm very calming, yeah. but like my natural personality is like, fuck yeah, I got this. <laughs> Excuse my language, but yeah, like, no, I'm going to do this shit. We're going to yeah. dominate it. And so I watched the opposite of that because right. I wanted, and that is not how my birth went. <laughs> I did not own my way through that. Um, I mean, did that, like, I mean, affect you at all? Like, the fact that you watch all these birth videos and then you weren't like that? Or no, you just knew yourself? I, I just you? knew, like, yeah. I knew, I mean, I would walk. Christian would always be like, babe, you should probably maybe exercise a little bit more. I'm like, I'm like 50 pounds bigger than I normally am. And I'm tired. <laughs> and I just got done throwing up. Um, so I I did exercise minimal. I I did listen to actually birth, like um, birth affirmations and like put to put myself to bed through like either guided meditation, most pregnancy guided meditations. Mm-hmm. Those did help, um, especially on nights where I was restless or I couldn't sleep. So I felt like those were really beneficial. Um, I I generally eat healthy, which I do believe that your Mm -hmm. diet plays a big role, Mm -hmm. Um, not just in pregnancy, but in life, Mm -hmm. how we feel. Um, Our overall emotional state, I believe, is affected by what we consume. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I eat predominantly vegan. Mm-hmm. And I, back to like genes, we, I didn't take a prenatal vitamin nearly as much as I should have. But when I had my blood work done, I pretty much was still fine across all boards. Like oftentimes, I think even when you're not pregnant, everyone's like, well, what about like, how do you get your protein mm. or how do you get this? And um, definitely taking vitamins helped me. But like outside of that, just the way my body is, is just a healthy body. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm grateful for that. And what else did I do? I I really just tried to watch those videos. I joke, Christian jokes with me because I posted a video on Instagram of me doing yoga. Like, I don't know, I must have been like 37 weeks or something. Mm -hmm. And that, I think that was like the one time that I did (laughs) yoga. I mean, I do, I kept saying, okay, I'm going to go because it does, yoga does help. Yeah. Um, But yeah, no, I didn't do it. I didn't do it. (laughs) I'm sure it gets hard. It gets hard. Because also there's so much of like, yeah, you're you're doing so much work just sitting here. Like you're growing a human, you know. And And I also worked until I was 35 weeks. Right doing nighttime shifts so that was tiring yeah that's a lot using your brain in that way um so so tell me about 
tell me about your birth. Tell me how far along were you when you went into labor? Um, yeah. So I, <clears throat> I had calculated my, my due date as March 4th. And the one time I went and got my ultrasound, I didn't, I didn't really ask any questions. The, the doctor that I went to was actually really supportive. Mm-hmm. He did a quick ultrasound. He never told me a due date. He just said, like, okay, great. You look great. Um, hopefully I don't have to see you again. And good luck. So I didn't know. And that was, like, at, that was at my 20 weeks just to make sure everything was placenta and fluid. Mm-hmm. And I know that at 20 weeks they can't really tell you an exact due date anyway. But around, like, February... 22nd I I called their their office and I said hey um up until then I had no signs of labor Mm -hmm. nothing uh and a few of my other friends did so I was like okay all right hello Uh and I mean I believe the that they choose when they come anyway Mm -hmm. but but I just felt like oh man if I get to 42 weeks I'm gonna be dead (laughs) (laughs) so I I called them and I said hey when you guys did my ultrasound, did you have a due date? And she goes, oh, yeah, actually, it was yesterday. And I was like, oh, well, okay. All right, well, maybe I, maybe labor is going to kick in in the next week because we had one week difference. Mm-hmm. And then a few days passed, and we were at my stepson's friend's 13th birthday mm-hmm. at their friend's house, and they had a DJ and a like a big party, mm-hmm. and I was huge. I mean, at that point, I think I was like 55 pounds up. Oh, my gosh. And so the party started at 7, and we went. And around 10, there's a video of me, and I'm, I lift my shirt up, and I'm dancing. <laughs> and maybe 20 minutes after that, I was like, oh, I feel a little crampy. So I went to the bathroom, and I had passed some mucus plug, and I came back out, and I was like, babe, my labor just started. <laughs> and he was like, what? What do you mean? And, and a 13-year-old like, party. Yeah, and I was like, it was all that dancing. And I, and I said, I just passed some mucus plug. So that must have been around like 10 p.m. on the mm-hmm. 25th, right? 24th, I guess, mm-hmm. going into the 25th. And... We came home. We we left shortly after because I was starting to feel a little bit more crampy. Mm-hmm. I don't. That might have just been placebo effect, or mm-hmm. like a. I don't know that I was actually crampy. I was just like, oh, oh what's happening? <laughs> um, so we came home and went to bed. Um, and around like two forty one, a, a contraction hit, and I was like, oh yeah, I'm in labor, and. My parents are th- three hours ahead of us, so I text my mom and dad, and they said, "Hey, by the way, I just I'm I'm in labor, like early labor, mm-hmm. but um, mostly because my mom was scheduled to arrive on March second, mm-hmm. and she called in to the hospital and canceled her patients and booked a flight, and she was so that was Saturday night that I went in. I mean, Sunday morning, I guess technically, mm-hmm. and." Hours later, she was on a flight. So I labored all day. We did, like, the usual of what everyone tells you. You do, like, you start cleaning frantically. Mm -hmm. And you, like, (laughs) think things need to be perfect. 
which who cares? Right. I mean, I knew that the baby wasn't even going to sleep in his nursery. So I was like, what? Why does this need to look nice? Just um, a nesting urge. Yeah, yeah. So I labored all day on Sunday, which was the 25th. And I mean, that's intense. Contractions were like seven to 10 minutes apart. And again, if you've never had a baby, it still seems intense. Mm. And the sensation of it or the frequency, like, tell me about that. The the frequency was fine because like 10 minutes with like a one-ish minute contraction, you Mm -hmm. still like, it's like, okay, that's intense. The feeling is really intense. And it's also just like, I always had horrific periods. Mm. But like, that is not a cramp. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone's like, oh, the beginning feels like bad cramps. And I'm like, no. It's more shit, than that. That shit hurts. <laughs> but 10 minutes in between, you have time to catch your breath. Like, you have yeah. time to do things. So I had texted Sarah, obviously, to let her know that I had gone into labor. But she didn't need to come. And... I wanted her more I wanted her to come in the evening when my mom arrived because they had not met so I wanted them to be able to meet each other and since we were again all going to be in the same space mm-hmm. um and Sarah got here my mom arrived at like 8 p.m. I mean there's pictures of me like leaning on the bed or on the couch with like my belly just hung over and I'm just like Ugh. <laughs> and how far apart were your contractions at this point so that was like 16 hours in early labor yeah um and they were like seven minutes apart okay uh and sarah so so my mom arrived at eight and it was manageable like they hurt but but they're manageable Mm -hmm. and and then we we called sarah and say okay can you come she came around like i think it was around 9 p.m and she i think that's when I think that was the only time I got a cervical check mm-hmm. just to see how far along because I, I was still 16 hours in. So far I was like, this is long. Uh-huh. And Sarah, Sarah and I kind of formed like, we kind of formed a friendship as well as um, her being a midwife. I mm-hmm. mean, she was very, pro- she's very professional, but we also, I felt comfortable to talk to her in a way that I wouldn't necessarily have talked to like a, a doctor. Mm-hmm. Um, and she looked at me and she goes, okay, so I know that this is really intense and I don't want to take away what you're experiencing, but like, you're not really in labor. <laughs> and I was like, excuse me? Yeah. <laughs> what? And she was like, that's why, that's why I've been making a point to tell you to conserve your energy because like. I know this is a lot, but, like, it's not really what you're going to experience. Mm-hmm. And I was like, girl, I am 16 hours in. What do you mean I'm not in labor? <laughs> and <clears throat> she was right. She was definitely right. Did she check your cervix? Yeah, and I was, like, one centimeter dilated. Yeah. Um, but she was more right in the sense that, like, I thought that was a lot. Right. Oh, no. <laughs> nope. So around... Midnight, which would have been Monday morning, mm-hmm. uh, they kicked into like three minutes apart. That is when like you get a reality check. Mm-hmm. 
and I'm I'm a hot water person, so mm-hmm. I and that was I guess that was another big thing about uh, when you asked about what I did during pregnancy. I baths were a big mm-hmm. one for me, and hot water. Um, so the birth tub was upstairs in our bed or next to our bed, and we hadn't filled it up yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did I messaged because she said like if things change, message me so I'm aware. So we messaged her and let her know and. From midnight to about 4.30, I just did whatever, whatever would help. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was, my mom and Christian filled up the birth tub, and I was on the bed upstairs on all fours with Christian. I'm also a sensation person, so if Christian tickles me, Mm -hmm. I, that would help. I mean, help in the loosest sense, Mm -hmm. like it. I was still screaming. Mm-hmm. Um, and where did you feel, like, was it all in the same place, these contractions? Or was it just, was it, it was more, it was amplified where you were feeling them before? Yeah, I mean, just, like, your whole body. Yeah. I it I didn't, you know, so, some women say, like, oh, I had bad back labor or in front, like, my, um, I guess, vaginally, they would feel pressure. Mm-hmm. I felt it everywhere. I was like, Holy shit, someone take the reins. This is, I almost felt, this is a horrible way to describe it, but I was like, <laughs> I feel like I'm intoxicated and I'm in a blackout almost because the pain is so intense, which is another reason where I was like, how are women just home mm-hmm. through their contractions? Like, praise you because I cannot do that. <laughs> um, so everywhere. Wow. Lay, I mean, everywhere. But, like, in a in a beautiful kind of way, mm-hmm. the pain was, I don't know how to explain it because I was probably cussing. Mm-hmm. I was definitely cussing. <laughs> so I don't know that I sounded so graceful, but it was, it was like, wow, my body is doing all of this work because somehow I'm going to open up big <laughs> enough to push my child out. Mm-hmm. Um so I went between like our bed upstairs, the shower on all fours, or just laying on my, like sitting down, mm-hmm. going like, oh my God. Mm-hmm. And I there was numerous times, and there's actually pictures of me. I, I, I look intoxicated. <laughs> um, where I would, and I do remember this pretty vividly, but I think it happened if I'm, I'd have to ask Christian again, but like in between five or 10 times where I would go, I can't do it anymore. And I would go unconscious. Wow. So there's pictures of me in the birth pool where I I literally, I look like a college kid who drank too much and, and passed out in the water. And did Uh, you, I mean, you must've heard about that kind of people that women do get that like birth glazed look, you know, like the like birth sort of drug drugged, like, you know, well, you're, I mean, you, you're high. Yeah. You are definitely high. It's crazy. Um, and they would, they would look at me and they'd be like, okay, she's still breathing. She's good. And then I would come back to and a contraction would hit and I would just grab onto the side of the birth pool and scream through it again. Um, we also live in a duplex. So I warned my neighbors that they might hear me. Um, Did they? Nope. See, that's also the other thing. I think a lot of women fear about the neighbor thing, and they end up in... They and said then, they didn't, and they, yeah. they're friends, so I believe they would tell yeah. me. Because I was certain 
that like you could hear me to the Hollywood Bowl. I mean, I was screaming with every contraction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it. I mean, it's it. It pushed me to a limit I never mm. thought that I had. Um, and even those moments where I said I can't do this anymore, there was no other option for me because right. I was like, well, medicine's not here. I'm not taking medicine, so and I'm definitely not going to the hospital because I feel this pain. Like it, I can push through it, and it's, I know that it's not going to last. Mm-hmm. Um, it just sucks, but you don't necessarily want it to like change. Yeah, like, it was like back to me being so competitive uh i don't do well with feeling like i'm feeling weak mm. or vulnerable so that was tough for me i'd be like i'm such a sissy and sarah and my mom would be like no you're not you're doing this you're doing it or christian as well obviously but and i'd go i can't do it anymore and they'd be like but you're doing it <laughs> like you're still doing it and so around 4.30, we text Sarah for her to come. Yeah. And and I was feeling more pressure, like, that he was also dropping. Um, and she came. So this is where it gets a little bit quirky. <laughs> um, we leave these doors open all the time in our house. Like, the French doors, this door, the back door. We never had any issues, like no cat or like no random animal has just come in the house. So Sarah, we text her at 4.30 and she's she's 30 minutes away. So she said, okay, I'll be there around five. So at this point, contractions are still, they're like two to three minutes apart with one, one, or yeah, and lasting about a minute. So that's like, that is not with the intensity of these things, it is not enough time to catch her breath. Mm-hmm. Um, so Sarah gets here. She texts me and she says, hey, I'm I'm out back. So Christian goes to let her in and my mom stays up with me. And in that 10 seconds that it takes to get from the back door to the back gate, um, he lets Sarah in and they turn and they're walking and a skunk about three feet, two and a half, three feet, looks at Christian, looks him in the eyes, and decides, I'm going to go in your back door. No So way. I'm upstairs. Christian, they, he and Sarah look at each other, and they're like, oh, God, what do we do? Christian, being French, picks up a hose. We have a hose out back, and Sarah goes, no, no, he'll spray. Yeah, and both of you Christian's will. like, what do I do? So she goes, you can't spray, you can't spray. And she goes, just hope that he goes around the corner and then comes back. Oh and she God. goes, we'll go around front. Well, no, he decided that he wanted to come in the house. No So way. Sarah and Christian run around front and call me. And I'm like pushing through contractions. And they say, I'm like, hello? And they go, we have a problem. And I'm like, what do you mean we have a problem? And they're like, a skunk just walked in the house. And I'm like. What do you mean a fucking skunk just walked in the house? And they're like, It is downstairs. Yes. So I'm like, Mom, there's a fucking skunk in the house. And she's like, What? My mom sees my language. <laughs> um, and she looks downstairs and he's crossing into oh. here. And I'm like, 
what are we going to do if he sprays? And I'm like, it's over. If he sprays, we have to go to the hospital and you guys can't even go in because you'll smell so bad. And we can't go back to the house after. So I'm freaking, well, we're all freaking out. Uh, Is this front door open though? No. no. Um, But they came to the front because they thought, okay, if he leaves, he'll go back out the back. And I'm like, what are we going to do if he walks upstairs? (laughs) And my mom grabs a blanket and I'm like, what the hell is a blanket going to do? And she goes, I don't know. And so, hi, baby. So we're all just, and like, the, frantically waiting for this thing. And he, he just walked in. He must have walked. I mean, obviously we couldn't see him in this part of the house, but, and then he walked back out. And so someone was watching from the top of the stairs. Or so were, mom was walking. My mom was watching from the top of the stairs. Sarah and Christian's face. But they and, were outside the whole time. Yeah. So they couldn't come in because oh, he would have sprayed out of like right. you know if they feel threatened. And, and then he just walked out. Oh my gosh. But I was like, mom, if that thing had sprayed, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm vegetarian, but I was like, I would have killed him. (laughs) I would have gone down those stairs and killed him. Sorry, bud. Um, but he was just a gentle creature. It was like a little bit of an omen, I guess, or um, whatever they say, like it was. So then I, I think he was just kind of watching over. I don't know. That's why. How and how long was he downstairs? You think? He probably was only in the house for like maybe a minute or two. Yeah, but still, I mean, it was not like... long. But it's like it was not long in the sense that if skunks spray, it's over. Like yeah. we would have had to go to the hospital. Um, but I just say he's like he was a little animal guardian because he. He didn't do anything. He just looked around and then he left. Wow. And you were feeling pushy at this point? Like... I was getting there. Yeah. Um, and so Sarah came. We, we ran downstairs, locked the back door, <laughs> and let them back in the front door. Um, and I wrap, there was another kicker that, because I went into labor early... Um, my husband was booked on a shoot, a five-day shoot that he was basically, his agents were able to get him out of. He was only on the third day. So, But that day, that morning, after the skunk, he had to leave for set for one hour. Oh, my gosh. Um, so to just to, like, tell his assistants what to do and come yeah. back. So, so around... I think it was like shortly after he left. So maybe around 7.30. I was in the birth pool and he must have dropped all the way. Uh-huh. And that's when I, I was like, oh my God. And this is also, I think is a funny part, but I was, <laughs> I was certain that my butt was going to fall out. Mm-hmm. And so I jumped out of the birth pool and I was like, someone look at my butt. <laughs> Christian had just left, and I was like, Mom, Sarah, someone look at it. My butt is falling out. My anus is going to fall out of my body. <laughs> Sarah, they were kind of laughing, but trying to still feel for me. What are you doing? And I was like, I think I'm shitting myself. <laughs> like, You're not, I promise. 
It's just the baby. And Sarah said, I said, I can, I mean, when I touched like um, the back of my buttocks or, or like, kind of, like your tailbone yeah. kind of, I could feel his head like this. And so then I sat on the toilet because I really thought I was going to poo. Yeah. <laughs> and they do say that some women do that. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, God. Um, great. Like, here I am, 20, 24 hours in, and I feel like my whole butt's going to fall off. Oh my and this lasted, I, if I remember correctly, like, I think I said that for about 15, 20 minutes. But Sarah, at, after, she goes, you know, I honestly, I didn't think that you could feel him that intensely because normally when that happens, you're pushing. Mm-hmm. And she goes, so I didn't think you would be up and moving around. And and I was like, well, you know that I'm a little bit kooky. So. Um, <laughs> and so she finally, after about 20 minutes, I think it was about 20 minutes, she said, okay, come come lay down. Let me check you. Mm-hmm. And and were you, like, making pushing noises or you are just complaining about your butt? Yeah, like, I, w- po- I mean, pooping? I was... <laughs> I was yelling. Like, I was... Yeah. I was... I mean, because contractions... In his knees, we're we're like two minutes. Yeah. Um. So I would. I mean, I was like, this is something is serious. Like I feel his head, mm-hmm. and I laid down. That was like for her to check me, and she didn't even need to. You could see his hair, and she was. She looked at my mom, and she goes, "Call Christian now and tell him to get back." Oh so my gosh. He. I think that was around eight. And he, we, we called and called. He wasn't answering. Oh, no. Hey, stinkies. Um, finally got a hold of him. We were like, you need to get back here now. So he was, and unfortunately, Beverly Hills, um, oh. he rushed. He jumped back in the car. He goes, I don't know how many red lights I ran, but I, I, I got back as fast as possible. Um, and so he got back at like nine. So I think it was about an hour he was gone. And I was pushing, but I, I, I think he probably would have arrived earlier. But I was so afraid for Christian not to be here that I think my body just wouldn't allow it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you want to read Um. So he got back. I mean, Christian was here pretty much the whole time, except one hour. Mm-hmm. Um, and he came back, and and those last thirty minutes is when I was. I mean, I was pushing before then, but um, the last thirty minutes were obviously the most crucial. And he he was right there by my side, and my mom was right, kind of at one point. They were taking photos and videos, and Sarah said. Okay, paparazzi, you gotta back up, cause we looked at each other and, like, if Sarah was basically Kenzo, but here, Christian was like right there and my mom was like right here. Um, Baba's, you sound congested a little. And so he distracted either. Mm-hmm. Um. 
So they're taking photos and not really like, or were they were they was she wanted them to like help or just give you like just space, space. Yeah. more so not even necessarily me well me but they were like all up in her zone and I was like oh god yeah you guys need to back up that's so funny uh, and I always said during my pregnancy mostly because I didn't like to be on my back I was like how do women but you you got to eat or I'm gonna drip all over myself. Um, and how do women give birth on their back? Because I hated being on my back and it just seemed so uncomfortable. But when the time came, I was not in the birth pool. Um, I was on the bed on my back and that's what worked. Interesting. It felt like that felt like natural for me and comfort. I mean, Comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> um, Any meaning of comfortable. Yeah, like uh, labor comfortable. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, my only true fear for the birth was tearing. Mm-hmm. And I tried to, throughout pregnancy, I tried to let myself have those feelings and then just say, if, if you're going to tear, it's going to happen. And that sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. Um, but I will say that I think a big part of why I didn't have any serious tearing, hey dude, um, was due to Sarah. She was so wonderful, um, with massage and kind of coaching me through. And I think that I had one little superficial tear, but nothing. I didn't need, um, I didn't need stitches or anything. And it was very very small mm-hmm. and how big was Kenzo? he was uh, nine pounds eight ounces wow. so he was big yeah uh nine pounds eight ounces 22 inches oh my gosh and a 14 inch head <laughs> i mean it's really pretty incredible when you think about it like yeah how i mean it's, it's what we do but yeah. it's just like how 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 do we do that and you are definitely And consistent. so when you were pushing, how did that, when you were on the bed, did you, did you have to kind of like be coached to like bear down and push into that? Or yeah. Was, yeah. She would, Sarah would help me and say like, okay, now push into your, oh, <laughs> um, she'd say, he's definitely sounds congested. Push into your butt. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would push and it's really... The thing that I found so incredible was that even if you don't push, like there was times where I just, I physically, it was in so much pain that mm-hmm. I, I was like, I need a break, I need a break. But your body just keeps pushing. Mm-hmm. And that was really, I mean, at the time you're kind of like, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but truly um, incredible just to feel as a woman, like your body just does its own thing. It even if you're not going to, it does it. Mm-hmm. And that that was really, to me, was really incredible. Because I was like, wow, over over however long, our, this is just what our, since the beginning of time, this is what our bodies have done. And mm-hmm. it does it for you. Like, I wonder, even looking back, I'm like, wow, if I hadn't pushed at all, would, it, would he have just pushed out? Mm. Um, or even just like minimal pushing, um, would he have come? Because, I mean, 
he, my body was pushing him mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. Um, and when they say women who unfortunately fall into, pregnant women fall into comas when they're pregnant, and then by the time that they're in their still in comas when they go into labor, right? they can deliver naturally because the body just, the body just actually does it. Yeah, and, it, and it just contracts on its own, and, and you can just see the baby coming. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy. Yeah, like he would, he would peek out uh-huh. and he'd go back in. He'd peek out and then go back in. And I also, I, I, that I think, taking your time and not being pressured into, like you have to push now, you have to push now, or those things, um, are a big contributor of why you don't tear because like it's. It, you're prepping your skin to stretch and mm-hmm. stretch and stretch. Because um, I know that there's studies to show that, like, coached pushing does increase tearing. Mm-hmm. Um, but even coached, you know, coached when it's, when or, it's sort of right judicious, like yes. at the right time. Um, yeah, because, I mean, Sarah still helped me push. But... Um, and then 9.30 exactly, he arrived. Wow. And he, he came out, and she, <laughs> his head came out. And Sarah was like, okay, um, now, like, it's over, because normally the body just kind of slip out, and uh, this kid was not coming out. So <laughs> his head came out, and I, like, while I was pushing, I was also holding myself because of fear of tearing mm-hmm. up or down. Mm-hmm. So Sarah did down and I held up. Mm-hmm. And I was like, if watching my birth video, I was not, I was like, this is not going to happen. I was like, <laughs> yeah, I'm um, and his head came out and she was like, okay, now he's, he's here. He's coming. But I had to push like, I think like three or four more times. And she's really min- like getting him out of there. Oh my gosh. Um, and he he came and wow. And then we he went right on my chest and, and there he was. Wow. Is it I don't even know how to explain the feeling. I mean, you're it's so beautiful and like you really it, it's a high that you've never felt before. Mm-hmm. Um and even like with you as a midwife and me as a if you've never done it, there's just no, like I knew it was going to be special. Even now I want to cry because mm-hmm. talking about it is so special. But it's, I mean, I remember they put him on my chest and and I was crying and Christian was crying and my mom was crying. And Sarah's like, you did it. Aww. And I, but it happened so quickly. I didn't get to see his face. And the video, I, I, I pick him up and I was like, I just want to see him. Aww. And. And I pick him up off me, and I'm like, <laughs> and my face is, is just of shock. Like, I I did this. Like, the person that I love, and I made a human, and then he grew, and I birthed him. Like, it's, I'm, I'm not, I don't, I'm not religious, but, like, it really is, I, I don't even know what it, what you would call it. It's a miracle, and just that. I mean, pregnancy is. There's also a science behind it, and mm-hmm. but it, for it to happen, like for one sperm and one egg, and for the baby to grow, because miscarriage and those things are so strong. Um, mm-hmm. For just 
to have everything to come together in the universe for it to happen. And I was, I, I, I felt high for, honestly, I felt naturally high for probably two weeks, two or three weeks where I was like, I, I could run a marathon. Yeah. And nothing, no lack of sleep, no pain, no anything could have gotten in the way with how, mm. how blissful I felt with him. It is amazing. I mean, like you said, it's truly miraculous that it works. Yeah. That it, I mean, and not only for conception, but to grow a baby and then also to open up and let that baby out. And it's just, it's, it's amazing. And I mean, as a midwife, it definitely does not get old every time. And right. something that I always say is like, once the baby's out, it's like imagining putting that baby back in is insane. Yeah. So how did it come out? Right. Like, and yet I know the science, I know the physics behind it, yeah. but like it still doesn't, it's just, it's so otherworldly. There's, there's a layer to it that you, it's just unexplainable. Unexpl- yeah. And I think that's the true sort of magic around it. And that's so cool that, yeah, that you felt that as well. It, it, I mean, I look at him all the time and I'm just like, how I made you, mm-hmm. we made you mm-hmm. like, how, how did, how, how, because mm-hmm. if you really think deeply about it, it's like, he would never exist if certain life events didn't add up for me to meet his father and and like one one second could have changed me meeting his father just like so many things and and so crazy it's it's magic or if you're religious it's it's a what what would you call it spiritual or yeah whatever it is Mm -hmm. whatever you believe in it's 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 really the most incredible thing and I mean, it it pushes you to limits that you didn't think you had, but you do, and it gives you it gives you a sense of love that you never experienced. Mm. Um, it I I don't even I, I don't think words can re- you can really put into words what mm-hmm. what the experience is. You can try, but mm-hmm. the feelings are mm-hmm. definitely stronger. Mm-hmm. What um, what surprised you the most about your birth? I mean, maybe the sounds you made, but maybe not. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, the skunk? Yeah. <laughs> That's a big surprise. Um, I felt... I felt as prepared as a woman as I could be because mm. of being a doula and because of talking to my mom and reading as much as I could about what to I mean there's nothing there's nothing you can read or stories you can hear that fully prepare you because mm-hmm. you've just never experienced something like this mm-hmm. um, what surprise I guess um like did it go did it go exactly did it go how you anticipated, or it did, did you have any sort of... Oh, bless you. Excuse you. Um, that was a sneeze, but... Yeah, I mean, it went... It went, I guess, how I thought it would go. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess the one thing is... 
that surprised me is just that the pain you experience is so intense, mm. but at the same time, so manageable. Mm. Because, and everyone's pain tolerance, oh, everyone's pain tolerance is different, so you have to respect that. Mm-hmm. And some women have, have very low pain tolerance. For me personally, it was more like, I don't care how bad the pain gets, I'm going to push through it because I want to be fully present for for this experience because I might never get to do it again. And I didn't want to feel any, I didn't want any outside um, medicine or anything that was going to potentially take away from my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, even though you feel like you're going a little bit crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's your own natural. Yeah. Crazy. So I don't know that anything, maybe just that I, that, that we can do it. Um, that uh, the power of positive thinking, the power of being educated. Um, uh, I think a big thing is also having a partner that is supportive. Like that, if you don't have a partner that's supportive, that it's not going to be good. Mm-hmm. It won't set up for a healthy situation. Mm-hmm. Hey, truly boy. Um, <laughs> learning. I mean, this is not, this is off topic of what you asked, but just like learning to set boundaries um, for others who are going to tell you negative things. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that's kind of perfect. Cause that was going to be the next question, which is like, which, you know, what's what, what wise words are, you know, Lessons would you pass on to expectant couples? And I guess, I mean, I, I did kind of answer that. Yeah. But um, I think as far as a couple goes, communication is so important, mm-hmm. not just through not just through your birth, but also postpartum. Mm. And whoever your partner is or whoever you're choosing to be there with mm-hmm. you in that time, mm-hmm. um, making sure that they respect what you want mm-hmm. and what you envision. Um, because, yes, if you have a partner, yes, they're a part of it too, but it's ultimately it's your birth and mm-hmm. it's you that's doing it and it, that, has, that has to be respected. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think some oftentimes, hey, hey, do you want to get down and play with your tour? So I guess my thing would be having a partner that's supportive or finding a way to align, have him align or her or whoever. Mm -hmm. Um, Knowing your power. I I think a lot of women are kind of afraid to say what they want Mm. or express certain things. Um, but being communicative, not just with your partner, but also your midwife mm-hmm. um, and whoever else you choose to have in the room. And, you know, if you're feeling a certain way, tell tell your midwife that um, or whoever it is that's going to deliver. And leading up to your birth, I think the boundaries part would be like, it's okay to say no to people. Mm. It's okay to say um I know that you would like to share that story, but that that's not a positive story for me, and I, I, I respectfully decline to have that discussion because those things really do stick with you. Mm-hmm. Like, things people say really 
instill fear in you. Mm. So if all you hear is fearful things, it's it's inevitably going to affect you. Um, I would also say do your research. Guided meditations were a big one. That was like the one big thing that I did do. Mm-hmm. Um, and... I mean, I guess in the end, just know that, like, we're pretty badass. We're warriors, and you can do it gracefully and quiet, like the one first that I watched. Or you can do it. I, I mean, I roared. Like, I mm-hmm. screamed and roared. And I, I don't think I would change anything about it. And then your baby's there, and you get to meet them. <laughs> and then they're there forever. Thanks for listening to Milk Trails. I'm your host and midwife, Haley Oaks. Be sure to visit midwifemilktrails.tumblr.com to access the show's notes, view photographs, or leave your comments. Stay tuned about new episodes by subscribing to the podcast on iTunes and tell all your pregnant friends about it. We'll catch you next time.